and welcome to the Bailey and Harding Ultrasound System. I'm Anna Harding. And I'm Ali Bailey. Uh, that was heroic, Anna. <laughs> Did that sound like I've actually got some energy and like I'm having a lovely time? It, I know you haven't, but I think the listener may not have clocked. <laughs> um, God, do you know what I'm so sick of? Being sick? Yeah, coming on this podcast and going, uh, I'm full of snot, I'm not very well. I'm not very well, Ali. I know she's um she's um she's got an infection on her chesticles. They're infected. Yeah, got a uh, chest infection. Uh, this is episode twenty, by the way, of the Bailey and Harding <gasps> ultrasound system. Do you remember what a fuss we made over episode ten? Yeah. We bought, we bought episode ten a birthday cake. Yeah. We named a star after episode ten. Yeah. We bought it a pony. Yeah. Uh, paid for its driving lessons. Yeah. And bought it a skydive. And for episode twenty, we've just gone twenty. Yeah. 20 weeks, hey, 20 20 weeks, which means the very end of the training block of joy happened at the weekend. Training block of joy, training block of joy, training block of joy. joy. Went to shit. Okay. Right, everybody. Let's address what Pickle calls the elephant with the broom. Yeah. And there is no problem that you can't uh, sort out by saying to the person, let's address the elephant with the broom. (laughs) Because the elephant with the broom is way better than the elephant in the room. Correct. Way better. Way better. What is that elephant with a broom got to say? (laughs) The elephant with the broom says, um, so the Seven Valleys Ultra, the pinnacle of all that was the training block of joy, uh, took place on Saturday, just gone. Today is Tuesday. It was a few days ago. And um, I didn't finish. she, She didn't finish that event. No. No, I finished... I uh, I managed half of it. Good. I have no idea how. Oh. <laughs> oh. So all I know <laughs> is that I was in uh, a bunkhouse in Brecon on the dodgy Wi-Fi, just desperately trying to follow you and trying to do uh, mathletics. I got Kirsty to do the mathletics for me. She was writing things down on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, she trotting along, having a nice time. But then it started mm. to slow down. And then... Mm. You buddy, there were you with there were two guys, and I was like, she's found some friends. She's buddying yep. along with some friends. And Kirsty was like, yeah. I think she's at the back, and I was like, it doesn't matter where she is. Like, it doesn't really matter where she is. Like, she's she's gonna keep going. She's not gonna stop. She's not gonna stop. And yeah. then, yeah, yeah, I was chatting away to my new friends, and I got the message from you. Yeah, pulled the plug. Pulled the plug. Pulled the plug. So what happened? Tell us what happened. I mean, I'll I'll preface this with congratulations on getting that far because the weather was fucking shit. Holy cow. Right. What happened? I mean, there's a lot to unpick here and I don't want to bore everyone, but I do think that hopefully there will be some bits and bobs that will be useful to people. So uh, can I just say 100% is useful to people because what we we don't need people coming on here and being all like blase about the fact that they finished a 100k race. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was fine. It's OK. We need the fucking real deal. We need the wind groom get yeah. in the bin. We need like the the dirty stuff with the bottom yeah. of the barrel. So let's talk about it. Let's go. So we started off at six o'clock in the morning um, and it was dry. It was warm. My God, it was muggy. It was a warm old day in Wales as well. Yeah, warmer. So I started off in in shorts, T-shirt and a windproof and was trotting along really nicely. The first 12K to the first checkpoint was just, there was a lot of road. 
which wasn't loving. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't loving it. Um, you did a lot of recce, didn't you? But you didn't do the first. I bit. didn't do the first bit from the start to the first aid station because I knew that it was just flat. So mm-hmm. I didn't bother doing that bit, and I didn't need to. Um, actually, speaking of recce, so during that twelve k. I got my phone out of my pocket because I uh, was like, I'm going to put my podcast on now after about. <laughs> I'm going to put my oh, own no, podcast. No. Me talking. Because now they've got 19, 18 episodes to listen to and there's nothing better than the sound of my yeah, own voice. No, I don't mean this podcast. There, there are other podcasts out there. So I, I did put, a, I cheated on us and put a different podcast on. But I got my phone out and for some reason I'd like downloaded them, but it wasn't in my downloads list. So I put my, I took my airplane mode off to press play on it and as I took airplane mode off I got a text and the text was from the Seven Valleys Ultra and it said route change due to bad weather the route between checkpoint four to the finish has changed use your existing GPX until waterhead then use this new GPX and there was a link Mm, hang on a minute hang on a minute was it not a race briefing yeah had this not been said in the race briefing? I don't think the decision had been made by that point. But this text came through at 20 to 7, so 40 minutes after we'd started. Uh, so many people won't have their phone, won't look at their phones. I didn't mean to. I wasn't going to. My my phone was just going to be on airplane mode and that was it. Same. Mine's always on airplane mode because it preserves the battery. And then I switch it on and because I, I make videos all the way along and then I'll up, upload them to Instagram after the after the effect. Yeah. Because it's it just eats battery, doesn't it? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So did that not put like the fear of yeah. God into you? So I know from my recce's, from looking at the route, etc., that from checkpoint four, the next bit from there is the big climb from Troutbeck up to High Street. And I also knew from checking the mountain forecast that above 700 metres that night from about 10 o'clock, the wind gusts were getting up past 50 miles per hour. Do you want to know something really sweet? What? So did I, because mm. Kirsty checked all of the weather forecasts oh. where you were. She said exactly those things. And I was like, I knew that in the morning and I was like, bloody hell, that's going to be windy. So I knew why they changed the route. I was like, they're obviously not sending us up High Street. And I was like, that's a win. Because High Street climb is a like it's a big boy. That was the biggest one of the whole lot. But High Street's quite flat once you get up there. And I loved that. I loved that bit. And I was like, once you once you get up that climb, you're good. Whereas on the first two climbs, it was very straight up, straight down, then straight back up again. And also High Street, you might be able to find a Greg's that's open because it's High Street and like a McDonald's, twenty four hour McDonald's, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there was no signal I couldn't download the GPX but also I was still on the move and I was moving well and I was like I don't need to do this now but in your brain and especially mine you know what I'm like Ali I don't like it when the goalposts move and when that came through I was like I wonder where we're going to go I wonder what's going to happen and I'd, I'd rationalized it I was like I know it means that we're not going up as high so that's fine and I'll just figure that out but we... your lit as you call it your little ADHD brain would have yeah. been going Oh, look, here's something to grab onto and waste of energy. Yeah. <laughs> and the men with the keyboards were like, let's go through the worst case scenario 800 times yeah. and have 19 different endings. I can only imagine the horror of that. And do you know what makes it worse? So I was around quite a few people at that point and 
you know, the 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 word on the street had got out that obviously this route had changed, but nobody really knew. Nobody had been able to download the GPX. Nobody had it's seen like it when you, It's like when Michael Jackson died and we were all at Glastonbury. <laughs> it's exactly the same, but we're yeah. running. But there were a lot of um, Chinese whispers. One Chinese whisper that made its way to me was that we were going to end up doing an out and back to make up the distance. And I was like, you fuck off. Literally. I love this. You can it's fuck off. so good. <laughs> I would have been making them up. I would have been the person that front making them up. So anyway, we got to the first aid station, which was great. Saw Marie, lovely, wonderful Marie Runs Ultra, mm-hmm. uh, volunteering. She filled up my bottles for me, gave me a fist bump um, and a friendly face. Um, was like super quick turnaround in that aid station, straight back out onto the first climb that I'd recceed. Fine. Did the first climb. It felt hard breathing wise and it was warm i was i took my windproof off i did that climb in shorts and t-shirt and yeah got to the top popped my little windproof back on because it was quite windy then and then trotted off on my merry little way and at that point i was then going a little bit into the unknown because i'd only recceed up to the top of that first climb into the unknown that song comes on all of the time on my on the pod sound system, but and I love it now. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. A little bit of panic, it came, a little bit frozen. It came on, mm-hmm. it came on as well when I was doing this this run. Um, so then off I trotted, and I in my head was like, right, well I've done the first climb. It's all like kind of lumpy bumpy down to the um, checkpoint now, listener. It is not all lumpy bumpy down to the next. It, there's then another massive climb. Um, and at that point, all the cloud had come in and there was just total whiteout. I couldn't even see the tarn that I'd just come from. And I was like, this is really difficult to see what's going on. But I had my GPX on the watch, so I didn't need to actually nav with a map. If I'd needed to only nav with a map at that point, I think I would have like fucked it completely because you have no point of reference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So anyway, continued on. At this point, my feet were already soaked because there was so much water on the trails. So uh, I had very, very wet feet. And then we went through some like bogs, which made it even wetter. Got to the first, uh, the second aid station, sorry, at Borrowdale. And I knew that I had like a hot spot forming on my little toe. Mm-hmm. And it's always my little toe. So I was like, right, I'm going to deal with this here. But I, uh, on the trail, I was like, should I just stop and deal with it here? But the rain had started and I was like, I'll just deal with it in the dry because I know there's only a couple of K to the aid station. Now, the event as a whole, I was very impressed with it. It was the first year it was done. A little gripe that I have, and you're going to laugh at this, Sally, but I think just needs a little tweet. They, on the website said where all of the checkpoints were with the distance and what the cutoff times were the first aid station they put at 8k it was at eight miles oh so, hang on not great i thought you could say it was at 8.5k i could be like suck it up no that's what happens suck it up buttercup right eight <laughs> miles eight, which is eight, 12 and a half k yeah yeah the thing about that is no that's that's yeah. my get in the bin for this week is people that say things are a certain distance and then they're not. Oh, sounds like you. We're putting you Me, in. I, bin, hate, I hate myself. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit of a no-no. Okay, so then... So, hang on a minute. Is it all a direct, it should have been in miles, not K? Or were they just like random? Okay, so then 8 Station 2 was written down at 26K. Mm-hmm. 
it was at 32. So six, six K. So three miles further. And what I'm, what, so. what What's going on here? With that. Terrific, like, this is ridiculous. Like, I think, so I think I know what happened. The aid stations for the seven valleys match up to the 13 valleys, but the 13 valleys go off and do loads of distance first. They do like 80K first, and then they finish mm. the final 100K of their race is the seven valleys. So I think what someone's done is got a spreadsheet somewhere and gone, oh, well, this is this cutoff time for the 13 valleys. So therefore this aid station must be this distance away and therefore it's this distance on and it's like the equivalent they've done the equivalent for the seven valleys to the 13 and it's it's off but this isn't a local race with fucking billy from the old uh men working men's club doing the distances yes. this is the seven thirteen five valleys like this they've made a big hoo-ha about this this should be measured properly like 100 percent properly it's a lot of people's first rodeo so i had linked up with two guys at this point rich and matt and we were kind of like flip-flopping at this point. So every time I felt good, I was like, hey, guys, I'm just going to go and have a little trot and see what happens. And then, like, they'd catch me up or whatever, and vice versa. And I would said to them, the aid station must be soon. Like, my watch says that we've done, like, 29K. And I know, like, that it can be off by a bit, but that seems like quite a lot already again. Are all of them? This is this is energy being burnt in your brain. This isn't cool, and it's energy like almost panic energy. Like where the fuck is it? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, it's not on my watch. Have I not done the distance I thought I had? Has my watch gone mental? What's going like? That's the thoughts. It's very hard to locate those when you're actually on the hoof. Yeah, and the, the thoughts were difficult as well because I had this hot spot hot spot that I was like, I'm going to sort it out at the aid station, thinking that the aid station was only like a k away or so, and then having to like. And then still going on it for like another three miles, 5K, probably wasn't the best idea. But not only that, so Matt, when I caught up with them, he was in a bad place. And I was like, are you okay? And he said, I've run out of water about half an hour ago because he had had his two soft flasks, but he also had a bladder in the back. But he didn't fill his bladder up because at the last aid station, he was like, well, it's only like just over 10K to the next one, so I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And so he'd drunk all of his water thinking the aid station was coming up soon. So I gave him my electrolytes because I'd filled up from a stream because I was thirsty because that climb had been hot. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sort of brought him back to life and revived him a bit. So when we got to the aid station, um, whipped off my wet socks, sorted out the blister that had formed on my little toe. Bad news. Um, taped it up, got my dry socks on. And felt like a new woman, like it made such a difference. Mm-hmm. Went back out and obviously within minutes, my feet were soaked again. Pissing it down. What were you, what were you doing? Were you lubing them up? Were you putting anything else on them apart from just clean socks? No. Mm. <laughs> Top tip, listener. When it's very, 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 very wet, right? Uh, and you have that situation, a good thing to do is to lube your feet before you put your socks back on again. It gives them an extra extra bit of life. So you can use, there's lots of creams. Trench is one of them. Uh, squirrel's nut butter is another one. The best thing I found is Boots Silicon Sex Lube, which we've talked about a lot because it's silicon based. It's like putting an extra like beautiful soft sock on or lanolin nipple cream. Even better for when it's really wet. Yeah. Just gives you like a little extra bit of time barrier <laughs> between <laughs> having to do it again. I know how many times she you changed your socks. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, 
Continue. You're doing good. You're doing well. <laughs> Everything's okay. So what are you like time-wise? What's time looking like? Oh, so that's the other thing. So I was doing all right. I thought I was doing all right. But actually, um, I was probably about 40 minutes off cutoff at the second aid station, which is fine. Because the thing is, these aid stations are quite... They're not where they said they should be. So surely all your cuffs are out. You're fucking you're like completely out. You're fucking you're out your mind. Like I don't know what the cuffs are. I completely lost my mind at the cuffs, and I was like, I don't really know. I don't know what's happening. But there and there were people behind us at this point as well, who then got timed out at that second aid station. So it's so difficult to navigate this because when I, I always have a spreadsheet with exactly where the aid stations are and exactly what the cutoff is. I had that. It was laminated in my pocket. If your aid station is like. The first one is like eight, ten k away from where it should be. Mm. Then you're uh, like you could be up to an hour and twenty minutes off what you think you are, right? At least. So you're like, what? So you don't know what's going on, no. and you it's really difficult for you to. No. Yeah, that's. I think that this is a bit of a bit of a thirteen valleys faux pas. I have to say. Yeah, and you know, I'll absolutely be feeding it back because you know they sent us like a, a feedback form and and they want to know these things, right? So. You can't get everything right all of the time, but the what I'm saying, listeners, is I would have been fucking livid. I wasn't. I wasn't happy. I don't know how you managed to keep your cool because I would have been livid if I went on seal to 100 and and then and I got all my sheets and I'd be like, right, okay, exactly, exactly what I'm doing. Then oh, actually, the first leg's 36 miles, not 25. I'd be like, hard because it just throws everything that I've my mental preparation out of out, just throws it out. So not only yeah. that, it it meant that my like nutrition, my food stuff was completely off as well because I was trying to eat every hour, but there were extra hours in between, like probably about an extra hour in between the aid stations. And your brain is going to this place of, hang on a minute, if it's that much extra between this, what if the race is actually 125k or 130k? Oh. Like you go to these ridiculous places, don't you? You do. I didn't, I wasn't too worried about that. I hadn't really really considered that my brain didn't go to that place so that's good. lucky I wasn't there isn't it so Anna, get, yeah this <laughs> god so then between aid station two and three there was then another big climb and um I so it was it was absolutely pissing it down and I had I put my waterproof over my windproof at that aid station and went back out so I was still just in shorts because the temperature in the valley was around 12 degrees and I knew up the top it was cold but I was moving and I didn't feel cold at that point uh for the benefit of the listener Anna's just given me a look <laughs> I, rolled my eyes. yeah um so I trotted off I I um I left the aid station before Matt and Rich because I was just like right I just want to crack on and just keep going off I went off I went and then um they caught me up on one of the climbs um it was very lumpy like I keep saying like one of the climbs one of the climbs like there there are a lot of climbs okay the second second big climb no I don't know mm -hmm. where I'm at at this point but between eight stations two and three is the second big climb and I got to it and I looked at it and I could see some yellow salmon packs halfway up it Four points of contact, scrambling up it, and I was like, you not, "So you, this is a non-recced bit, right?" Yeah, this is my unknown bit. This was like the back end of the first loop. Yeah, okay. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, fine." I 
there's nothing I can do about this. I'm not going to love this, but whatever. Started the climb. And the GPX was trying to take me to the right of the stream coming down. But to the right of the stream coming down, it was a boulder graveyard, vertical, four points contact, scramble, rock climb up with like mossy, boggy bits in between. And I was like, this doesn't feel like I'm I'm on the right side. I was like, I, it looks better over there. So I got about halfway up and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go over the river, uh, the like stream waterfall, whatever. So I went over and there were steps, like actual steps to go up. And I was like, why? Why have I been on this side? Because I was a slave to the watch. Because I was like, I must follow this GPX. Brilliant. So anyway, got up there. It was blowing a fucking gale, literally. And complete whiteout, couldn't see anything. And my watch GPX again was trying to get me to bear off right. But there was no path. There was no obvious path. There was like a gap between some reeds in the bog. But ahead of me was a paved path. And I was like, why would I go that way and get really wet feet again if I can just mm -hmm. go that way? So I checked on my map and they joined up. I was like, fuck it, I'm staying on this. And then out of nowhere, um, one of the hill safety team popped up into the mm -hmm. out through the mist in her bright pink high vis. And I was like, I'm on the wrong path. My GPX is saying that I need to be in this bog. Am I going to get penalised for being on this path? She was like, no, stay on this path. She was like, it's wrong. I was like, great. Well, if that's wrong, what else is wrong? So I spent then probably about three or four kilometres just fucking zigzagging between bogs and stuff because mm -hmm. some of the path didn't meet up to where I needed to be. And I just had this, like, I should probably should have got the map out at this point to double check, but it was very windy, very wet, and I just wanted to keep moving. So I was zigzagging through all these bogs and stuff trying to get to the point of going off the hill. And then there was another safety man in a tent at the very top, at the very summit of this one. And I caught up with Matt and Rich again, who'd put on their full waterproofs, like head to toe, they were covered. And they were like, Anna, put some clothes on. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I just need to keep going. It'll be drier and warmer down the bottom. That's what someone that's very, very cold and tired says. <laughs> that's what someone that needs to put their waterproof trousers on says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. So Alpha trotted. Don't, I don't need the waterproofs. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, they don't know thing. It's like you're drunk, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Angry toddler. Anyway, so then I got down a little bit lower and I was like, fuck, this wind is not going anywhere. It's really cold. I need to put some waterproof trousers on. So I put my waterproof trousers on. Um, and then pretty much ran into the third aid station with Matt and Rich. We got there with half an hour to spare for the cutoff maybe maybe less maybe like 15 20 minutes i believe looking from it was about 15 minutes mm. from, from when I, I looked at it, it was like that is tight yeah um and uh, uh i think it was about 15 but but i was watching the tracker from wales so it might be different for you a different experience for you so then at that aid station, on their list, on the Seven Valleys list of aid stations, they had little symbols of what was at what aid station. And at this one was a picture of a bag with a downwards arrow. And I knew that it was a drop, drop bag. So I knew that it was a sports centre and I was like, right, clean change of kit. This is like in my head and in my planning, this was my reset station. So I was like, I'm going to spend 
30 minutes max here. I'm going to do full change of clothes. They've got hot soup there. Going to refuel properly. Um, charge anything that needs charging. Drop any wet kit that's just completely done. And get back out there. And then that's almost like the second half. Put your pyjamas on. That's what I call it. I'm going to put my pyjamas on at this one. Yes. Yeah, and get all your nice lovely bedtime. kit in. You're like, it's bedtime. And then I put my headphones in. And I'm going to go cruise outside for bedtime. Yeah, exactly. So on the way to this aid station, Matt and Richard said, I said something about, oh, I can't wait to get my dry clothes on. And they were like, but the drop bags at Waterhead at the next aid station. And I was like, not according to the what's what. And they said, yeah, because that's where we left it this morning and they don't transport our ones. The 13 Valley bags are at Grasmere, not the seven. And I was like, are you joking? I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Because Waterhead is a tent in a car park in the pissing rain, in the cold, one tent. Hey, here's something though. My mum's a fucking legend. Well, we know that. Are you just randomly injecting that into the podcast to lighten the mood? So my my mum was there. My mum was there for this whole thing. And I was seeing her at 43. And we discussed this all over dinner the night before. She knew the plan. Even though at some points I was like, are you even listening? Um, turns out she was because she knew that I was expecting my bag at 43k and she knew that my bag was at 53k. So she went to Waterhead, spoke to the guys and said, I'm taking Anna's bag. And they said, well, I'm not sure about that. And she said, she's expecting it at Grasmere. I'm taking her bag. So she picked my bag up and she took it to Grasmere and it was there for me when I got there. Whoa, what a legend. Right? What a legend. So we had a lovely time at Grasmere, getting all ready to go back out for this final 10K to the next checkpoint. Still pissing with rain, by the way. Um, Aren't you having to get things a little bit quicker now because you haven't got your half an hour of lull time? No, I've got no half an hour of lull time. So we had an hour... No. Yeah, an hour and a half to do 10K to get to the next aid station. And it was a real, there was no climb between these two. It's just literally along the valley from Grasmere to Waterhead. It was it was like, right, you've got to get a wriggle on here, basically. And then I was like, but I know I'm chasing the cutoff time here. But when I get to Waterhead, I'll be able to download that new route and I'll be able to see what the new route is. And if we're not going up as high as High Street, it's not going to take me as long to get to the next aid station, which means that maybe I'll bank some time back. I got to the next aid station with three minutes to spare. Thanks for sick. Thanks for sick. <laughs> because at this point, I was, I, you know, I was with Matt and Rich. Matt, I think, had decided before we left Grasmere that he wasn't going to continue after Waterhead. Rich was undecided, but I think was leaning more to pulling out. And there's that, then you've got that that battle of like, do you want to stay with people? Do you want to continue in your race? What are you doing? Can you go any faster? And what I must say as well is at Grasmere, I also changed my shoes and socks, obviously socks, because my feet were wet. And at this point, oh, and I I had to burst my blister because a second blister had formed on top of the first one. And there was so much pressure Mm -hmm. that every time I put my foot down, it fucking hurt. And I thought that my little toe was going to rip in half. So... I was having real issues with that foot, which meant that I couldn't move as fast as I wanted to move anyway. 
my calf became pretty shitty on that leg. And the guys were like, I've not noticed your cough. That sounds really bad. And I was like, yeah, not been really very well leading up to this. Then the conversations about getting pneumonia started, which is great. So we made it to the next cutoff, the next day station with three minutes to spare. And I went up to the um, one of the guys who looked like he was in charge, but it was very difficult to tell. I was like, sorry, are you a runner? Or? And he was like, no, no, I'm like safety or whatever. I was like, cool, right, so have I got three minutes in this aid station? And he said, no, so the cutoff was half past seven in the evening. He said, no, as long as you're out by eight. I was like, yeah, I can be out by eight, that's fine. Wow, that's that's flimsy, I love it. Yeah, but I think they were being generous because of this new route. I needed to download the route, stop the activity on my watch Mm. and start a new one to then get the new GPX, which Mm. is a mental fuck-up. Once you've stopped that activity on your watch, you're like, I've stopped. (laughs) so got a coffee downloaded the stuff was trying to fuck around sorting out um charge my watch had 23 percent battery left at this point no, and i was like that's not enough to get me to the end so i was like right charge and i've, I've got ali's like card her ultra awesome card of like bottles right so bottles rubbish feet pain Head torch, batteries, restock food, take the rubbish out of your pack. It's great. It's great, guys. It's so good. It's like a little shopping list of what you need to do. So I was going, I was going through all of those and I went to sort out the head torch. But on the bit between the previous aid station and this one, it had started to get dark. And Rich had given his head torch to his dad because he didn't think that he'd need it until Rich. Waterhead. Rich. Do you know what another name yeah. for Richard? Do you know sorry. what another, sorry, another, another Rich, name for you. Richard is? Dick. Some people call people people called Richard Dick. But both me and Matt had spares because that was on the mandatory kit. So it was like, oh, we'll, we'll just lend you ours. It's fine. So I went to get my head torch out and get the spare for Rich. And Matt was also trying to get his spare out anyway. But I was like, oh, mine's here. Luckily, mine came out first because I then went to give it to Rich and turned it on. Wouldn't turn on. Why not? Had it been turned on your bag? My dry bag had got wet inside. It was damp. Fuck. So I then didn't have a spare head head torch either. So, and I knew this when I got to... Why is your head torch not working? I don't know. No. I don't know. Because it's like, head torches should be waterproof. Right. And that was the one that I had spare batteries for. My main one is a rechargeable. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I need to wear it, which I will now until the finish... And I've worn it already this morning. I can't guarantee that that light's going to get me through the night. So I borrowed Matt's head torch. He decided that he was dropping at Waterhead. Borrowed Matt's head torch. So I had a spare. So that made me feel better. But there was just all these little things that was just one thing after another. And then I had a massive coughing fit in the corner of the tent. And the paramedic came over and said, that doesn't sound good. And I was like, yeah, I was poorly coming into this because I've not been well for a little bit. I would have said, I'd have gone, if I want your opinion, I'd have fucking... <laughs> and he said, that sounds like a chest infection to me. And I was like, can I go out? And he said, you can. You'll make it a lot worse. And I was like, ah. 
So you've just got all these little things. It's like your head torch doesn't work. Your dry bags work. You, you've got a chest infection. You've just restarted a new activity. Your watch hasn't got much charge on it. Like literally all of these things. And it got to five to eight and I just burst into tears. And I went, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. That situation of that piling up is what my friend Kate calls lemons. Lemons. So it's how many lemons can you <laughs> hold? You're past a lemon, you need to get rid of the lemon. And then you're past another lemon, but you haven't got rid of this lemon yet. Then another lemon, then another lemon, then another lemon. And so there's so many lemons that you're just standing still mm. holding them. Because if you move, one will fall on the floor. Mm. And eventually there's too many lemons and it all goes mm. sits. You only ever want one or two lemons at any yeah, one time. That was too many lemons. And uh, uh, you were holding all the lemons. So I just... And now whenever I see lemons, I'm like... Ah! But um, that was too I just many dropped lemons. them and burst into tears and went, oh, I'm done. I felt so ill at that point anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, just for a fact. And um, she's, she's she's quite ill, isn't she? She's quite, quite ill. ill. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I've been to the doctors because I, I, you know, I did feel pretty bad, and I'm on antibiotics for chest infection. So, uh, I think I know that I made the right decision. I'm obviously disappointed. My legs feel great because obviously they were ready to go for 110k, so I've got no leg issues. The blister fucked me over because it slowed me right down. The chest infection fucked me over because it slowed me right down no excuses here I did the best that I could on the day and actually I'm damn proud of getting to it was 57k in the end um 57k and Mm -hmm. I'm also dead chuffed that I wreckied basically everything in that final 50k because I know what it was going to be like and I was sad the next day that I was like but those bits are really nice but then I was like but I wouldn't have seen them anyway because it was in the dark and I had messages from um someone who finished who said the weather got worse in the night it did get worse so if you were already like feeling shitty you would have been really shitty and then I also had a message from someone who said that she pushed through a chest infection running the New York marathon in cold and wet and she ended up in hospital with pneumonia so my friend Julius mm. did the same thing he pushed through a chest infection on I think the Yeovil marathon so something big bucket list bucket list adventure Ended up in hospital with Ooh. chest infection, and they thought it was a collapsed lung. And was as his his chest has never yeah. ever been the same again. He's always yeah. been bad, yeah. And he's like, it's that bloody scarring from that, exactly and right. It, and he's like, it just I don't know why I did it. <laughs> like, yeah. and the and the other thing to say is that when you yeah. you saw what happens when that cloud comes down in the day, when it's nighttime and it's windy and that comes down and you're tired, and also if you're chasing yeah. a cut off, you it freaks you out. It's so hard, but the thing is, all of this is part of the, is part of the experience and experience that, that takes you through these yeah. these things. Like all the stuff you're saying, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. yep. You've done it. I've, I've done, done it, it and then gone. Yeah. Fuck. All of this stuff is stuff to work on because it is such a long journey, ultra running forever, and it's so great to have had that mm, experience mm. and be like, right, okay. I, like even at the weekend, my dry bag, one of my, I was using an old dry bag, it leaked, but everything in my dry bag is also in Ziploc bags. All my mandatory kit is in Ziploc bags in the dry bag. Yeah. Because I'm like, I cannot have yeah. that getting wet. And that was what I learned. Yeah. I was like, right, next time I'm putting my spare head torch in a Ziploc bag in the dry bag. Yeah, but I went, I got home. First thing I did was uh, order some really expensive, nice new dry bags. Cause I was like, you deserve this. You run a lot, you know? And then, then I put my, my bag into the Nick Wack wash 
Nick Wax Wash, Nick Wax Wash with my jacket because I was like, got to reproof the bag as well. Like it's winter now. It's like yeah. you only learn this stuff when the lemon, you are holding so many lemons <clears throat> and you know that whole like make lemonade. You can only do it one lemon at a time. So you can't be holding the lemons while you're making the lemonade. You've got, it's just, no. you know, it's about deep breaths and about, but the thing is you were being, you're also being thrown <laughs> things that weren't in your control. I'm, I'm actually very surprised about this aid station shenanigans because the way they were marketing this race, I would have thought there'd been belt and braces on everything. And to the last foot, the aid station would have been where they said it was going to be. I think that's, a, yeah. I think that's quite a big fuck up on their part, to be quite frank. Yeah. It, it And yeah, it was unnerving. It was unsettling. And, you know, I think that's, that's one of the main things of feedback that needs to be given back. But like, you know, like you say, this is all, a, like a great lesson and it's good for learning like what did not not necessarily like what did you do wrong or like it's more like what went wrong or like what didn't go right mm-hmm. that I that race is gonna be tough in perfect conditions mm-hmm. right that race is tough in perfect conditions the course is not to be sniffed at, not to be taken lightly. And I knew that. No, it's not. It's not. And I think people, this is Instagram that's done this, that people are like, oh, the lakes is really beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's quite hilly, but it, it's like the lakes is, sorry to use the B word, brutal. When brutal. it is windy, rainy and claggy, it can be brutal. Yeah. Ask, any ma- ask any mountain rescue guy. They're busy. Yeah. Like it is yeah. a very technical, difficult terrain to operate in. It is not what yeah. fucking Laura loves hiking's Instagram page look, looks like. It's never like that, especially not on an ultra in no. the fucking awesome. No, no, exactly. And you know, I I know that I did what I could in you know bringing all of the right kit and all of the um, pre- planning and prep and recce's that I did beforehand. I know that I did that, but I would. I think if I did that race again or something similar again, I think I would need to spend more time in those environments training because although I was doing my hills, we did the Yorkshire Three Peaks also in shit weather. It was nothing like the weather in the Yorkshire Three Peaks. It was 10 times worse. It was a summer. It was a summer. Yeah. And um, just doing more and more and more of that sort of stuff because at the end of the day I am inexperienced at that stuff this is my first attempt at something like this really mm-hmm. yes I've run ultras before but you can trot along the South Downs way all you want no offense Ali I know you've done it and I know it's fucking hard and I've not done the whole thing but it's not like going up passes I've, I've also I've also done the arc of attrition and I've also oh, done yeah. two I've done most of the dragon's bat and uh yeah, South Downs way is hard in a different way. Yeah. In a totally different way. Yeah. You know, it's rolly, rolly, fun time, rolly. It's yeah. bloody hot. It's totally different things. Like, and you're totally, and you're right. One of the things I think people miss out is the night running and not night running where you're running around your town in the night, night running where yeah. you're somewhere fucking horrible at night. And, yeah. and, and 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 the thought of going on up those hills in that in the darkness, the wind and the clag, when you've had a problem navigating and your head tortured in this, unless you're confident, you're not even confident of one thing. You're scared of it all because yeah. you've never done it. And and it's and it's lemons, lemons, lemons rolling down the hill towards you. Like yeah. I don't, I think it's completely understandable. But also, you were handed a fucking shit deal with the weather, a shit deal with this moving goalposts of checkpoints, which would have pissed me off. I don't like it when checkpoints are even a mile out. No, 
no I know and it, it does throw you off it does throw you off and also I mean going into it like uh, ill I I would say so for the whole week leading up to it on the Tuesday when we recorded the pod I was at about 60% well um and I stayed I basically plateaued at 60% the whole week and I didn't get any better and I was like for fuck's sake like I need to get I want to be a hundred percent well when I get onto that start line I'd say I was about 70% on Saturday morning when I started Mm -hmm. and if Mm -hmm. you already go into it depleted it makes it a fucking battle 100% 100% like and the other thing to remember everyone is that your brain uses 75% of your energy when you're resting so when you were handed that stuff where you have to start thinking shit map change where's the aid station this isn't working that's you are burning through energy yeah that you should be using to run so it's just it's just, it's just loads. I don't, I absolutely, I think, I think it's brilliant. I think like one of the big things I always talk to my clients about is the whole process over results thing. It's all about the process. The mm. result of what you're doing doesn't actually matter. It's mm. about have you enjoyed the process? What was the process like? Yeah. What have you learned from it? Do you want to continue it? Because for some people, um, they do stuff like this. They're like, do you know what? It's just not for me. I'm just yeah. going to stick to like the flat 100K. So I'm going to stick to this. Or it puts fire in their belly to go, I'm going to fucking go and like learn all about how to deal with this yeah but it is all experience it takes a lot of fucking time and effort and I think for me I think what I what I take from it is that 110k of that is probably at the moment beyond my reach genuinely like whether I had the shit weather the like you you can't control the weather and if you're in the lake district chances are the weather's going to be shit when you do stuff like this fine Mm -hmm. you just accept that and I knew that that was the case but, um, you know, take away the weather, take away the illness, take away whatever. 110K was always going to be a stretch, always for me. So I think if I, for my next like race, for my next foray into Lake Districtness, I'd be quite happy doing like 50K. Mm-hmm. Just to get that experience, more experience of it, because it's a completely different ball game and I didn't even go in blinkered I knew what I was coming up against because I'd wrecked it and it was still eye-opening <laughs> do you know what the DF rate was oh very high very high there were people who got cut off there were people who dropped um but you know there were still some very good people who finished didn't rebel do well Rebel did great. She was third female. She's done it for all of us. She's done it for I told all you of she's us. She's going to win it. Yeah. But also, um, the first, I think it was the first finishers of the 13 Valleys or something. They came in over two. Don't even talk to me about it, mate. What? They came in. That's why, Centur- that's why Centurion teammate, Mark Derbyshire. Over two hours after the expected time to finish. Oh, well, hang on a minute. Because Mark. <laughs> yeah. The men. In the men. Mark Derbyshire. First finish time, 22 hours, 55 minutes, yeah. 100 miles. Right? He was seven hours ahead of second place. Wow. <laughs> he was a day ahead of second place. Seven hours isn't a day. Well, it is a working day for a lot of people. Seven hours oh. is a working day. Okay, fine. 22 hours, 55 minutes. Yeah. And then Richard Pugh, 30 hours, 18 minutes. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
And then everyone was doing like 30, 32, 34, 36, 37, which is what you'd expect because that's like arc patrician type, mm. type, mm. type terrain. Um, unbelievable. But yeah, the women, very different. Um, Elaine Bisson, first, 33 hours, 40 minutes on 100. She was amazing. Yeah. She's an incredible athlete. Incredible athlete. She is. We saw her on the course. She overtook me. <laughs> Alison Walker. Oh, she DNF, damn it. Because she's one of my teammates at Innovate. I've got so many teammates. But um, yeah, it's it's Mark Darbush is a monster, yeah. it's a machine. Uh so uh and uh, oh, I just yeah. So what's next? What are you gonna do next? I don't know. <laughs> you said to me if you ask me, I'm gonna kill you. I know. I just thought to like I don't uh, know. I'm oh, do you know what I am gonna do though? I'm gonna do the uh Big Bear Caterpillar Challenge at Daventry Country Park. Uh, which brutal, mate. Absolutely brutal. Brutal. And that is on the 1st of November. And uh, we can't wait to see all the pod listeners there as well. That's really soon. It's not Caterpillar. Is it Caterpillar? Rabbit. 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 It's the rabbit. challenge today, I think. Um, rabbit, rabbit challenge. Rabbit, 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 rabbit. Anyway, sorry, rabbit. listeners. That has been quite a lot of... Do you know what I love? I love the fact you fucking own this. I love it. Like, I love the fact you said, I don't think I was capable of doing 110. <laughs> I don't think there was any other podcast that you'll hear that on, especially the ones with the blokes presenting. I've listened to a lot over the last week because uh, I've been asked to go, I'm going on another one this week. What? I'm going on a different podcast. I'm really sorry. Oh, so am I. Don't worry. As a guest, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I was like, what is this? Own it. And they're like, yeah, brutal, you know, hard, brutal, never get, you know, just took it easy in the end. I'm like, you couldn't do it because you're not good enough to do it. And you you bit off more than you could chew. Just say it. Like, it's cool. Just say it. Because then you learn and you crack on and you get on and you decide, maybe I don't want to do that. It's okay to not want to do stuff. Like, it's okay to go, that's not really for me. I'm going to go and do something else. Like, one life, live it. Don't fucking suffer it. <laughs> I And I loved it. Like, I loved the bits that... Like I, I genuinely, I loved all of the bits that obviously went well, because why wouldn't you? But I loved being up in the hills. I love the Lake District. I genuinely really enjoyed it. I think it's it's a really hard challenge. I think, um, you know, pushing through some of the bits. It, I still did a fucking ultra. Fifty-seven. You did, and you did really fucking well. And you, and you know what? When when we talk now, when we talk about now, I'm like, my pants were wet, or this happened. You'll be like, I oh, know exactly. <laughs> my what pants were about. wet. I know that. Yeah. I went up um, Penny Fan on Sunday and my pants were wet by the yeah. time I got up there from the Story Arms car park. I'm like, oh, hang on a fucking minute. I've got another eight and a half miles to do with wet pants. But I was like, it's okay because it's only going to be three hours of wet pants, not 12, 14, 16, 18 hours of wet pants. So, yeah, I had like another 30 miles to do in my pants. Mm, the wet pants anyway. situation is an absolute nightmare. I, I think I might start wearing giant adult nappies. Brilliant brilliant so um yeah that was that was the seven valleys ultra debrief um my win bin win grim get in the bin this week is just all of them um i do quickly have an actual get in the bin though that i think will make you laugh good do it tell me it my get in the bin is the photos that they take at open tracking for your trackers Why don't they clean the lens? Why do they always make you look like you're an absolute, like like you're ill? You were ill. I was ill. <laughs> oh. Maybe it's just because I was ill. I was like, I'm going to smile really nicely so that people can see my lovely face while they look at my tracker. And I, and I was really happy with what they'd done until I actually saw what they'd done. And I was like, oh my God, you need to, 
was like, you need to clean the lens. And why am I stood underneath the light? It's yeah. I don't think anyone looks good in photos for trackers. I think you look lovely there. Oh, good. I think you look beautiful. No, hate it. I do look really ill. Not oh, really I think off. she looks nice, but uh, yeah, I they, they aren't. Yeah, just race photos generally, unless you get a really, really good photographer, they're just fucking shit, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, have you got a Wingrim get in the bin this week, Ali? I won at my workshop. I did some workshops at the weekend. I, I, do you, what do you do when you do workshops? Host them? Yeah. Disseminate them? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it was in um, no. Banal Barakainyog, uh, which. In English, is a Brecon Beacons. Um, we went there. It was had took like eight clients. It was great. We did lots of running. We did loads of workshops, and they were had a great time, and it was brilliant. And we laughed a lot. Went up Penifan, down Penifan, round Penifan, and up the back of Penifan, Penifan. <laughs> um, uh, so that was good. I haven't really got a grim. No, am uh, I getting the bin? Is those people like me? I'm not that bad. But distance people who are like, let's go for a 10 mile run. And then the run turns out to be 14 miles. But the thing is, the thing that gets me is when you're on the run and people are yeah. lying while you're on the run. Oh, see, it's really funny, Ali, that you mentioned that because I seem to recall when we went for a run in the Brackens. It's not called the Brackens, is it? It's Banai Brackenjoch. <laughs> I don't care what it's called. We had come through the town of Bracken and... We were supposed to only have probably about four miles until the car. That's and at that not point, my fault, though. You said it's going to be more like seven. And at that That's... point, I turned around with my dog and went, I'm going to go and sit in a cafe. Bye. That's not my fault, though, because what happened was the canal was yeah. longer than I thought it was. <laughs> the canal is always the it, same length. <laughs> getting longer like a travelator. <laughs> um, I've been in... I've been in situations where people have lied about it, like in very dangerous situations where it's like the middle of the fucking night. And you're like, how far away is the boffy? And they're like, oh, like 5K? You're like, right. And then 5K later, you're like, how far away is the boffy? And they're like, like, like 10K? You're like, what? You said five? Before. And they're like, yeah, I meant as the crow flies. And it's like, yeah, oh, but we're not my. crows. We're not flying. Like we're fucking <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and in Scotland at, four o'clock in the morning and it's raining and I need to get in a boffy. How far away is the boffy? Oh, it's about 8K. <laughs> oh my God. But are these people saying it because they don't know and they feel like they need to give an answer? When I asked, because this was a guy that's a mountain leader, he should know better. And we were with a group and he was like, and we were on a test pilot and he was like, the reason I say it is because I don't want people, I want to, I want to tether people's expectations. And I'm like, not helpful. If you you need to. I said, if anything, you need to tell them less. Yeah. Not more. Less. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I said, if anything, you need to tell them. Yeah. So they. So they're like. Yeah. If you say it's ten k to the bothy, but actually it's probably more like seven. Beautiful. Great. Yeah. Do it. But don't yeah. say it's less when actually it's more, because yeah. when it gets to that, because they're counting it down by seconds on their watch, mm-hmm. and when it gets to that they'll just literally lose their shit. One of them was really badly dehydrated and I was, and the thing is when we got to where we were going, it wasn't like it was a nice place to sleep. It was a bothy with people in it and it was wet and cold and we had to like creep in there and then find somewhere to lay down. So it wasn't even like, Mm. but this has happened to me on multiple occasions. Or the worst is when you're on a race and you look at your watch, how how far to go? And you look and it's actually 10 miles more than you thought was to go. And you're just like, fuck this shit. Yeah. So listen up. 
always I always add on ten percent. Yeah. On any race, I had on ten percent in my head because then I'm like, at least I'm prepared for ten percent, and it won't ever yeah. be ten percent unless it's no Seven Valleys Ultra, which guess it might be. Who knows? Who knows? This will snort there. We'll snort. Chat about the playlist quickly. We'll have a quick chat about the playlist. Then I want to have a quick chat about. Well done. Yeah. Good. Okay. Quick one about the playlist. I I spent a very long time listening to the playlist uh, at the weekend. Oh, how was it? So my favourite thing that happened was when I was at the top of the second climb, complete whiteout, getting blown around in a gale, feet were in a bog, very confused about whether I was supposed to be going the bog way or not. Um, guess what came on? And it wasn't poopy poopy bum bum. I don't know. S Club 7, don't stop, never give up, hold your head high and reach oh, the top. That. I would have scared. And I was like, this does not match the circumstances. I was looking around with this going on in my ears and I was like, this is the most conflicting thing that's happened to me, I think, ever. I was like, I think I'm enjoying it, but I'm not sure. But I I, I kept it on. I would have skipped that. I would have been like, fuck! <laughs> that's what I would have been. Two things on this playlist saved my life. Number one, after the top of the first climb, there was a, an amazing descent and I knew, like, I was like, I'm going to, like, absolutely smash down this. And I was like, right, I'm going to put my music on now. And I opened the playlist and I saw selector Danny Birds at the top of it. And I was like, oh, yes, yeah, put that on now. So I was galloping. I'm galloping. Yeah. Then as I then went to come back up the other side, Baz Lerman, everyone's free to wear sunscreen came on and I got really emotional. I and I was That's like, cry turn it off. It's a cry. I turned it off. I couldn't, couldn't keep it. And then finally, and one last one that absolutely I enjoyed, and I think everybody will, is um, Red Light Spells Danger. Red Light Spells Danger. It's my favourite. Spells Danger. I love that. Oh, it's so good because it's got such a build, hasn't it? And it never stops. It's yeah. relentless and I was, build. I was singing that out loud on the trail and then a photographer popped up out of nowhere and started trying to talk to me. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm just like, in my in my zone and then he was like were you like red light i was it was great it was great so yeah i'm gonna learn all the words so that on the first me and you can do it as a duet because i think it'll be brilliant like i'll get hold of some megaphones and uh it'll be great it's such a tune i was listening to it in the car the other day and then for some reason it led to me listening to the entire foals album holy fire because inhaler came on after that and i was like actually quite good then I listened to the first Libertines album, which is also quite yeah. good. So um, right. I don't know where those uh, the pod li- the list led me to that, but I love it when like something really yeah. good comes on. And One thing that I would else. say is that because it was so wet and rainy, I had my hood up and obviously like pulled in and like just my face out in the office. You were in the office. I was in the office, and my headphones you have to like press and hold to skip. inside by your ear which meant that for a long time skipping was not an option for me because I couldn't I didn't want to like put my hand in there because my face was just getting battered by rain so there was a lot of time that I spent not skipping um and I did listen to an awful lot of shit (laughs) what your shit or my shit both hmm um, Titanium Pip has asked if we can put Footloose by Kenny Logging. Kenny really Logging. don't like that song, but I know that other people do, oh. so I'll do it. Okay. 
and she did post a really nice video of her um, dancing with her dog um, on the trail to it. So I think for that, you definitely get a little play. Oh, and also, by the way, um, oh, what's that song? Ricky Martin. She bangs, she bangs. She bangs, she bangs. (laughs) You know, it is a banger. That was a prodigy remix of that of Ill Manners. You know, that came yes. on the other day. I was, I was supposed to be on a nice slow taper run and I ended up dropping six minute miles. I was like, what the fuck? It was incredible. That's amazing. Um, by the end of it, I was like on the floor, nearly throwing up. But like, this is amazing. This song is amazing. Um, right. Before we get on to well done, I've just got a question for the, because this is time specific. This is from my yeah. pacer on the Autumn 100. Danny Dyer's, Danny Dyer's brother. Sean oh, Dyer. Yeah. After listening to this week's pod and the encouragement both of you found to run faster when the person behind is making annoying noises, should I A, A, run behind Ali coughing, sniffing and honking for the whole 25 miles? Yes. (laughs) B, constantly tell her, well done, great job, you're doing super duper in a really patronising way, (laughs) aka Anna supporting five plus hour marathon runners. Or C, his personal favourite, Run behind with an obnoxiously loud speaker playing such classics as Venga Boy's Witch Doctor and McFly. Danny Dyer's cousin, I suggest you do none of the above because Ali will just stab you. It leads us quite happily onto the well done debate, which has been oh, raging yeah. like an inferno across Instagram and in real and IRL, this. right? First off, everyone, I just want to say to you, every listener listens to this podcast. We try not to take ourselves too seriously as runners, okay? We are trying to have a look. We're just trying to have a laugh at all the silly things that we do, right? So when we say we don't want to say well done anymore, we don't mean we don't want to support people. We don't mean we no. don't want to, like, like, make people feel happy part of the community. Yeah, we don't yeah. mean that. We don't mean we're going to ignore each other or be like, you wanker or anything like that. We just mean it gets a bit much, right? Well done. Well done. Let's find another word for well done. Because some people got quite upset about me wanting to ban well done. Other people oh, got behind it. So, okay. there's been quite a lot of feedback. Okay. 55 comments of feedback. Wow, that's a lot for us. That's, uh, and one of the, I think, whoop whoop is a good one. People like the whoop whoop. Whoop's a good one. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. How about up yours? <laughs> I love that. How do you feel about up yours? Up yours. I love that. Um, how about um yes. <laughs> Just yes. Just yes. Yeah. Yes. How about uh, have it? Have it. Have That's it? very southern, isn't it? Yeah. Can't imagine like a northern of it. Uh maybe. A wooga? Yeah. Like a wooga. Like a wooga. Like gladiators a wooga. No. Uh have no. is that's a whoop whoop lots of whoop whoop going on here. Someone wants to a race sign that said "Run you fool" with a picture of Gandalf on it, so we could just shout <laughs> "Run you fool" at everyone. I like, uh, I do like "woot woot" because it's neutral. Do you remember when we were talking about this and we were like, "Yeah, but it's judgy." Like, "Well done." No, there was another. There was a, an alternative to "Well done" that we were suggesting. Or like, "You're looking great," or like, "You're looking strong," yeah. and it's like, "Yeah, but don't fucking don't. judge me." I look like shit. Like I feel like shit. You, you, you've made that assumption. So yeah, I think I like whoop whoop because it's just neutral. Well, Tilda Rudd has neutral. told us that in Norway, apparently the planet's most reserved nation, mm. you're lucky if people cheer you on here. Instead, they stare at you silently. That is horrendous. Which I love. And I just thought about the White Walkers from Game of Thrones yeah, staring at you. Yeah, that's so creepy. 
I like that. Oh. Um, my so um, also, I think the one that at the weekend when I was talking to people, we had that we had a lovely American lady with us, and she was like, "In America, great job, great yeah. job." So great job, and they just keep saying "great job, great job." And somebody sent me a message which made me like almost cry with laughter. Yeah. This woman, and I can't remember what your name is, I'm really, really sorry, but she lives on the West Highland Way. And she says that she goes out and she walks, and she runs up and down the West Highland Way a lot because yeah. it's outside her house. Yeah. And every time, without fail, that she goes on these short runs, she will come across a group of, of American tourists that will be like, well done, like clap her. And she's like, fuck off. Oh. And so she's, when she turns around to come back, they do it again. Oh the same God. people do it again. And she's just like, it's not a great job. It's a five mile. <laughs> and she basically ended the message being like, I'm such a miserable bitch. Uh, At the weekend, we were like, we think that great job is the one. Yeah. Like, great, great job yeah. is the one. And we were, uh, I, I think it was Gemma uh, who said that maybe we should just have a default response that whenever anyone says well done, the immediate default response is fuck off. Straight <laughs> out, like loud. <laughs> I was like, what, even children? She was like, yeah. No. Um, uh... No, of course we don't want to do that. So we still haven't come to the, the, the bottom of what the world done is. But I'm absolutely terrified that on Autumn 100, people are going to think it's funny to say well done to me. And there are four out and backs. The whole race is out and back. Good luck with and that. And I don't know how much I'm going to cope how, how I'm going to cope with it. Well, you're going to have to you're going to have to factor this into your planning and your uh, your race plan. Mm. Any more? Please tell them what they are. Any more? Well done. How long have you got till Autumn 100? It's a week on Saturday. Okay. So now I'm in the highway to the safer zone. Um, except I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like even though I'm very experienced, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm itchy. I want to go out running. Um, so I'm going to do 25 miles this week. And I'm going to do like 10 miles next week just to stop me itching. And then okay. go and crack on on the Saturday. But it's going to be so fun that race because there's so many great people doing it so fingers crossed the weather's yeah. not shit and uh we'll have a great time yeah. great great well thanks so much for listening to my ted talk i loved it it's about a, the seven valleys great ted talk we will resume normal service next week listeners we will we'll be uh counting down to the autumn 100 for you and we'll be going through all of your correspondence listeners so if you've got anything that you need to get in there email us ultrasoundsystempod at gmail.com Send a little message on the link tree. Send us a voice note via DM. I've got some backed pod. up voice notes, actually. I might to record them because I think they go off, don't they? Voice notes go, go off. off. Yeah. Is on your birthday? <laughs> I went to see at the cinema last night, I went to see uh, the play version of A Little Life. And there was a bit, it's very traumatic, but there was a bit in there where they talked about his birthday being a date that something went off. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It's a thing. Like, I was like, "Whoa!" And like, the fact is, this is not the sort of like film you should be going "Whoa" and laughing in because it's not very funny. Um, but yeah, it is a thing. It's a thing, right? I'm going to take myself back off to my sick bed. Uh, that has taken an awful lot of energy out of me. I feel absolutely shattered now. <laughs> well, we will see you next week. We love you. Yeah. Please do send us more things for the for us to look at and listen to, and um. Talk to you next week. Promise we'll be funny next week. Sorry. <laughs> we love you. Bye.